0: Welcome back to the Outer Bubble podcast, where you get to hear from amazing women who are embracing midlife and leaving a trail of inspiration along the way, breaking down the midlife stereotypical barriers and proving it's never too late to find new passion and purpose. My name is Rachel Peru. I started a new career as a model age 46 and now find myself as an international model, modeling lingerie, fashion, beauty, and I'm now 51. I would never have imagined that I'd have the confidence to do this because I didn't have it in my 20s and 30s. I've come across so many other women in midlife who are stepping out of their comfort zones, stepping out of their bubbles, are going on to enjoy and feel fulfilled in this next chapter in life. So I hope that by sharing these stories, they will inspire you to do the same. What's stopping you? Time to step out of the bubble. So welcome back to a new episode of Out of the Bubble podcast. My name's Rachel Peru, and today I'm delighted to share another inspiring guest with you today. Jess Buchanan was kidnapped back in 2011 by Somalian pirates. She was held hostage for 93 days until the US Navy SEALs came and rescued her. She now has used those experiences and has gone on to inspire and really empower women all over the world to use their voices and share their stories. And I love the work that she's doing now to help lift other women up. She's also a New York best-selling Times seller of the uh, Impossible Odds book, she's writing her second book this year, which will be a great to read. And I'm looking forward to finding more about her. I first met Jess whilst I was actually on her podcast. She co-hosts We Should Talk About That. The tables are turned, so it's going to be fun talking to Jess today. This is going to be a powerful one. Grab a coffee and
1: enjoy. So
0: welcome, Jess. It's so nice to talk with you again, the second time around.
1: Yeah, I know. Thank you for having me. It's so exciting. It really is. It's lovely to be
0: to be able to interview you this time. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I know it's always like a different dynamic, right? When you, it like the tables are turned and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait a second. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see how this goes.
0: <laughs> so I've already done the introduction, but how do you introduce yourself to people?
1: Oh, well, I guess it's normal human nature to list your roles or your accomplishments. So I am very typical in that regard. Um, When I introduce myself, I talk about what I do, that I'm a survivor, and I'm, I am a mother and a wife. I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I'm a podcast host, um, and I am a women's, I like to call myself a women's empowerment coach, but there's, I'm a nature lover. I am a spirit guide seeker. I'm a, I'm a lot of different things, so, um, and I'm just a lover of life. So well, sorry, that's a lot of lot of descriptions.
0: Well, no, but that's the, you know that's the umbrella that you sit under, and that's you know that we're all made up of so many different parts, aren't we? And and I think mm-hmm. the fact that you have encompassed so many different aspects to your career now is really exciting. Mm-hmm. We have to touch on the on the the situation that kind of I suppose created your change really, and, and how you've developed from that. So let, and it is like you just said we were just chatting now. It's. 10 year anniversary. So, mm-hmm. you know, let's take it back to to where this all began. How do you begin with that story? Because it's, it's really quite incredible.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess one of the things I forgot to mention is that I am actually a teacher um, by profession. So that's that's what I, I trained to do. Um, and in 2006, I went to Africa and I went to school on the East Coast um, US and um, I ended up getting a student teaching position in Nairobi, Kenya at an international school, and it was awesome, and I loved everything about it, Um, and they offered me a full-time position, and I stayed, and so um, until I met my husband, uh, who's a Swedish, at the time was a Swedish citizen working for a Swedish organization in Nairobi, um, I was just a grade school teacher and um, living my best life, traveling all over East Africa. And um, he and I met and we fell in love. And in 2009, I moved up to Hargesa, Somaliland, where he his work had taken him mm-hmm. and relocated him. Um, and I quit my job teaching and, and went up there so that we didn't have to be long distance and ended up. Uh, You know, teachers are funny that way because they can create work anywhere they go, right? Because there's always an opportunity somewhere. And so I started teaching English lessons to um, refugees that were living on our compound. And before I knew it, I had a whole dining room full of people wanting to learn English. And then that, you know, rolled into working for the UN. And then um, eventually I got a position with the Danish Mining Group which was the Mine Action Unit of the Danish Refugee Council. And my job was to really develop their educational programs because um, we worked in armed violence reduction and community safety. And it was just really, really cool work. And um, I traveled all over East Africa, South Sudan, Kenya, Rwanda, um, Somalia. Mm. And then in October 2011, I was called upon to do a staff training in the southern part, um, a town called Galkayo, like closer to like what most people would probably reference, like call up a frame of reference for Somalia. Um, not particularly the safest area in the world, but, you know, at the time um, the UN and NGOs were working there and um, expats weren't typically the target and all that stuff. And so uh, even though I felt very strongly like I didn't want to go on this particular field mission and I canceled it two times prior because of safety concerns and was really pressured and I would even say bullied into completing this mission and following up on it and it, because it was part of my portfolio by people that I was working with. And so I found myself in Galcaio and doing my staff training. And on the third day, when we left the compound, we were apprehended at gunpoint by a group of armed, And we weren't sure what they were, militia, um, Islamic terrorists, Pirates, gangsters, we didn't know what they were at the time, and um, we were driven out into the desert, and we were forced to um, participate in what I would call a mock execution, mm-hmm. which we survived, and it was me and my Danish colleague, a gentleman named Paul, who were taken. And then subsequently, we were held out in the desert, and um, as captives by a group of Somali pirates for 93 days. We lived outside, and um, we weren't ever taken to a shelter or a house or anything. We were starved, we were abused, we were tortured, um, until we were rescued on January twenty fifth, two thousand twelve, by order of President Obama and by Special Forces, uh, Seal Team Six, U.S. Special Forces, and we were successfully rescued and then flown out of the desert and dropped. Back into the next stage of what I've always called surviving survival, which I feel like I've like really closed the chapter on that decade. It's been 10 years now. Um, and now working on the
0: sequel (laughs) yeah and and, and now it starts again which is exciting isn't it and I'm sure people are going to be listening to this thinking oh my god I cannot imagine Mm -hmm. going through that and I've listened to your story on several different platforms Mm and you know every time I hear it I am still like I cannot begin to comprehend how you recover from that you know how, how 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 hard has it been? Because you now go on and share your story and help and inspire so many other people, mm-hmm. but how difficult was it to, to get past that?
1: Mm. Well, I would say I'm never gonna be past it. Mm. It's not ever, it's not something that has an end, it's my journey. Yeah. And I think once I accepted um that this was part of the tapestry of my life, and you know how often people will say, like, I'm not going to let X, Y, and Z define me, you know? And I think I subscribed to that mindset for a while. And that was particularly difficult. That was a difficult place for me to, to, um, to heal in and to evolve. in. and so I decided to look at it from the other side of it and say, what would happen if I did let this define me?
0: Mm.
1: And I let it, Connect the dots, and I let it frame the story and build a platform from which I can now um, move through the world and and use my voice. And that, for me, opened up a lot of opportunity for connection and self-discovery and healing and growth. Because then I could use it as a touchstone of like you know, and we all have those. And I don't believe in like comparative suffering, like. Everybody has survived something is in the middle of surviving it or will like none of us escapes yeah. the human condition unscathed and, and pain is pain and hard is hard. And mine just happens to be a little bit more odd in terms of <laughs> describing it, but you know, it's, it's the same as anything else anybody is trying to survive. And um, what if I, what if we use those experiences that we've survived or we're surviving as our touchstone to show us how truly brave and strong and courageous we are. And so once I, I think flip, flip that script that was going on in my head, it helped me pick myself back up and start walking again. And so I like my next book that I'm currently working on is titled the working title is deserts to mountaintops, because I really feel like. For me it is literal like I've literally had to walk out of a desert but it's so metaphorical and and spiritual like and um, for me like for all of us like moving out of that desert through that wilderness up to the mountaintop that is whatever it is for me it's love self love and so I guess that's my really long answer to say that it's ongoing yeah and there are different phases and there are still bad days mm-hmm. and but I know that I believe that I have what I'm going to need to get through those. And I think that's that's a, that's a strength as well
0: that you've really built up from this, isn't it? And you you've almost become this. This is, I guess, become almost like your superpower is that you have been mm-hmm. through all that, and you can now channel it into something really positive mm-hmm. and something really good to help others.
1: Yeah, I hope that's my yeah. that's my goal.
0: <laughs> How difficult is it to create? Count this story all the time because obviously you know you've done amazing TED talks. Mm. You've you've spoken all over the world. How difficult is it to keep telling that story? Does it always take you back to that place, or have you managed to kind of just have it as a story playing in your head and not Uh, trying to relate to it?
1: It depends on the audience. Mm. And so, just two days ago, I was at a military base um, and shared my perspective and my side of the story, and then I heard another perspective, another side of the story, and um then actually sat down and went through a pretty, um, I guess detailed Q and a. and that was, I mean, that was intense and exhausting. Mm-hmm. It was exhausting to the point where I had to go back to my hotel and I just laid on my bed and stared at the ceiling for like an mm-hmm. hour. Like I was so empty after that. But then, you know, I could be in a group of women, at a women's conference and like feel fired up after, you know, like it just, it just really depends on the energy and the group that I'm speaking to. Um, you know, and sometimes sure you learn how to compartmentalize so that you can get through it without crying, (laughs) for instance. Um, and it gets, it does get easier, you know, it does get easier. And, you know, I, I think because what I do now in my day-to-day professional work too, is I help women figure out how to extract the lessons and the tools that they've learned in their experiences so that they can write about them and then they can they can speak about them in a professional capacity. And when you're able to get to that place, when you're speaking from your scars and not your wounds, it does take on a different, I guess, like a different intention and so then it's a service, and it's not so depleting. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, it's amazing that you've had the courage to share it. And you know, I don't want to dwell on it because, like you said, it's a ten-year anniversary, and now you've got this yeah. exciting new chapter. And you've been through that, and it's like another another change again into more positive. Yeah. So, you know, why is it? Do you think that women do struggle to to stand up and share their story? Because I know you're like me that we really believe that all women have a story to tell that they can oh, share. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, I just got chills 100%. And I think that, I think there's a lot of reasons. I think that we, first of all, don't think our story is very special. And um, somewhere we've internalized that we're not that unique and who would listen to me? I think we get completely drowned by imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um, and believe it or not, I've been one of those people before. Yeah. Like I've had to work through that. Yeah. Um, I'm still
0: working through it. Yeah. I mean, well,
1: same, right? Like you could put me next to, I don't know, someone who's been through comparatively speaking something who's been in captivity for three years. And Mm -hmm. then I would, you know, I could do, but at the same time, it's like the constant, the constant practice of standing there, looking at yourself in the mirror when you're alone before you go out on stage, or if you're just getting out of the shower and saying, you're a badass, Like, you know, like I remember when uh, I finally got, I finally got it. I was driving home. It was in the middle of the day. I think I'd been like at some social thing, like maybe a luncheon or something. And it left me feeling, I felt excluded. I felt awkward. The whole like social interaction just felt very weird. And I left feeling badly about myself. And I remember catching a glimpse of myself in my rear view mirror, my car, and I, Looked at, looked at my aging face and I just said out loud, you know, can we curse on here? (laughs) (laughs) You're Jessica fucking Buchanan and you survived 93 days, you know, yada, 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 yada. And from then on, I was like, fuck that. No, we're not, we're, we're not doing that anymore. And I think that we spend so much time and so much energy telling ourselves things that just aren't true because we're afraid to say what is true. We're afraid yeah. of what would happen if we stood in our own power and we actually said something good about ourselves. Like, you know, we, we're so scared of what everybody else thinks.
0: Fear has got such a huge part to play Fear. In it, hasn't it?
1: And I'm guessing
0: yes. from your experience, because you've been a, such a fearful situation Mm -hmm. you know is there anything now that you are really scared of but you know I'm guessing you've got this mentality that I'm not going to let anything stop me now I'm just going to go for it
1: I mean kind of like Mm. it's it's taken me a while like and I'm not gonna lie like I get hung up like I'm a middle-aged woman watching things happen to my body and my face and Mm. you know Hustling it, trying to make money and build my businesses, and you know, of course, there's the like. I'm a mother, so of course, my fears reside in like what could happen to my kids outside of my control, and and that. But if I'm, if we're talking about like, yeah, like me, and and how I'm perceived in the world, I guess my fear would be that I'm not perceived as authentic and true, and with the intention that I really do put the effort forward. And, and, but I, I have to, I just have to like reside in that space of my intention is to be my truest self and to show up as authentically as I can. Um, And I'm not for everybody. And that's a hard lesson to learn too, to not, to not force it. Like you're just not somebody's cup of tea because they drink lattes and you know, that it's just, like surrender, right? Surrender. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, and I have to always check in with that. Remind myself that you know some people I just don't gel with or connect with. Yeah. as so it's the same for somebody with me, and that's absolutely fine. But it is hard to yeah. sit with sometimes.
1: It is because it can be a lonely space. Yeah. Too this this seeking and striving for an authentic experience. In this lifetime. I think it can often be it can be lonely um, and it can feel a little ostracizing and you can feel a little bit outside. I mean, and I often I used to always feel so outside of everything, like uh, people would find out what happened to me, you know, like when my kids were little, and I was out on the Mm -hmm. playground, and I live outside of Washington, D.C., So it's very transient. So you'd be on the playground, you meet a new mom, they'd want to know, you know, where'd you move from? Because no one's from here. And then you say Africa, oh, what were you doing in Africa? And then like, it would, there would be no way that I could get around what happened. And then as soon as I would say, like, just a brief overview, then they would look like, look at me like I grew three heads. Yeah. And you know, and then you, just are like the freak mom on the playground right so um i think just have to decide is it what's most important to you and for me not hiding and being my truest self and 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 using my voice um knowing it and being able to hear it and and follow it is more important to me than pretty much anything else Yeah. But I think that's the key
0: thing there, following it. It's trusting that gut instinct, isn't it? Mm. It's trusting those those inner feelings. And as women, we've we've often been kind of forced lots of different information and opinions on how we should be running our lives. And then Mm -hmm. it's hard to break that cycle and to listen to your own natural instinct. How do we get past that? How do we encourage women to follow those?
1: Well, I'm so glad you asked because that's my life. Yes, that's right. It's almost Excellent like we seamless. had that planned out. <laughs> seamless. <laughs> well, you know, because listening to my intuition is really, or not listening to my intuition is what got me kidnapped in the first place. Right. Like I said, mm-hmm. I didn't want to go on this training. Um, and the part of the story that I'm only now really like starting to unpack and starting to talk about is that, October 25th, 2011, I woke up and that morning in the guest house and I, I had hardly slept all night long. I I was drenched in sweat. i had had nightmares all night long that we were being kidnapped. I like that pirates, like it was so extreme, right? Like Johnny Depp, Pirates of the Caribbean style nightmares. And I'm not like one of those people who prolifically dreams. Yeah. So it's significant if, if something like that happens to me. Um, and they were like, you know, in my dreams, like trying to get into my room and banging on the doors. And like, I just tossed and turned all, all night. And when I, I got up out of bed, I walked to the bathroom. I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, Jess, do you want to do this? I mean, I said that out loud to myself and I knew the answer was no. Like, mm-hmm. did I have, did I need any clear sign from the universe did my intuition need to give me any more red flags like literally she was doing cartwheels inside my mind and inside my soul and all I could think about was like what everybody was gonna say like what do I do do I go down there and tell Paul like hey I had these nightmares all night long about pirates so I'm not gonna go I'm just gonna I'm gonna hang out like Everything had been organized. The logistics had been, um, you know, organized for the the convoy of vehicles, my staff, like all of this outside pressure, all of these outside voices. Mm. And it was one of the most, it was the most defining moment of my life because it was the moment that I abandoned myself. Yeah. I walked away from what I knew was true. I walked away from my own personal safety and security. I walked away from my voice. Mm. And I stepped through a corridor, like a doorway that led me into an, it changed the trajectory of my life. And I am lucky that I survived it, like <laughs> beyond lucky that I survived it because some women don't. Mm. And I'm, you know, this happens to everybody, but my, I feel very, very uh, passionately led to, to speak to women about this part of my story because it's again, it's just like about that outside pressure, like listening to, it, I think it's Glennon Doyle who there's this cool quote where she says she stopped asking people directions to places that they'd never been. And I I'm like, why do we do that? You know? And so now, it, well, and so, okay. So the, the end of that story is that I repressed those memories. Like I repressed that I had had those nightmares. I didn't remember it. Mm-hmm. Even in the like following hours during the kidnapping and everything, because everything was so traumatizing until like 60 days into captivity. And it's uh, it doesn't matter the details, they're boring. And somehow I got my hands on a Kindle. I, I had, had a my work bag, it had a Kindle in it, the the pirates let me have my Kindle for like a few short hours. It had two books on it. It had Freakonomics <laughs> downloaded on it. And it had the, the King James version of the Bible, like the Holy Bible. Cause that's what comes on a Kindle apparently when you buy it. Right. And I grew up in a religious environment, but I was like, not one to like sit there and read the Bible. But I thought, yeah oh, this feels like a good time to do something like that, you know? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. if ever there was time, yeah. I mean, if ever there's a time to really start praying like Yeah, was, absolutely. Yeah. And it was like around Christmas. I had lost track of the days, but I knew it was around Christmas time. So I thought, let me read the Christmas story, right? And I'll read it in all the, the Gospels. And I got to the part in one of the Gospels where Herod is after Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus because he wants to kill him.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and joseph has a dream uh, that this is happening a premonition and so he heeds the warning and leaves and then goes somewhere else and jesus baby jesus life is spared and all of a sudden i was like oh my fucking god he had a dream (gasps) and then it all came back to me that i'd had this dream and do you know where i was sitting when i had this like like epiphany i was sitting in a goat pen. I was literally sitting in a goat pen and there was like a manger next to me, like where the, the, the animals fed out of, because that was like the closest I got to like a structure to sit in. And I looked around me and I was like, okay, so here's the deal. (laughs) Obviously there is something out there. If you get me out of this thing alive, I promise you, I will make it my mission to ensure that I never ignore my intuition again yeah. And then I, that will be the gospel that I preach. That's so okay. powerful. I, so, so that's like, that's what I'm oh. on a mission to help women understand that they can, first of all, you, you have to hear it. You have to hear your own voice. You have to recognize the sound of it. And how do we do that? Well, we have to get quiet. We have to spend time in our own company and we have to spend time in solitude and for me, like that looks like meditation, it's journaling. I mean, all of these things, sometimes I feel like they're so cliche, but I'm dumbfounded when I, like
0: people don't do this. No, I must. Say I started journaling through COVID and it really has helped me. I write a gratitude diary every night. I set intentions yeah. in the morning, I journal, whatever. I, I have a notebook at the side of my bed and it has massively helped.
1: Yes. I mean, to, it's so like easy. Right. But that's the secret sauce. You know, like when people ask me about work and like, how do you book speaking events and what do you do? And you know, I'm like, all of that is peripheral. All of that is outside of our control. The work is inside Mm -hmm. the work. Like if you want to be a professional speaker or you want to write a book or you want to podcast or you want to do all of these things, it doesn't matter who, you know, how good you are on the technical side of things, whatever, how good of a writer you are. If you don't, know what you're saying and if you don't if you haven't connected to your voice and how do you connect to your voice if you don't spend time like and I'm talking massive amounts of time here mm. and I get it like my kids are still small it's hard to find silence yeah and I think women days. feel guilty I
0: think women yes. I feel guilty about taking time yes. for themselves don't they it's yes. like oh they're like not allowed when the last on the list to have that time and
1: that's oh, a shift. I mean if you want somebody to help you not feel guilty about that, listen yeah. up because I am, and I just came from coffee with a friend. She's got four kids mm-hmm. and we've been working through a lot of stuff with her in terms of like putting herself like back on the priority list. And I said, you know, I love my kids like to the ends of the earth, but my world doesn't actually really revolve around them because they're here with me for a short time. And I will do, everything i need to do and i love them and i want them to feel loved and i know i screw up but really like i feel like my purpose is here to to get to know myself so those like practically right again like that's just taking the time that's whatever it whatever it takes to get quiet Mm and i think we're afraid to get quiet because we're afraid of what our voice is going to say yeah definitely I think
0: especially you know, for, for me, the, the women that I talk to in midlife that go through this next transition of quite mm. often their kids are moving on, the husband yeah. might have a, a different career and they've got this time to start thinking. And I think people are yeah. scared of that because they don't know where it's going to take them and they yeah. don't know what, what truths are going to come out in those, yes. those thoughts. Yeah.
1: it. I mean, it is, it's scary, hmm. but I think that it's scarier to think about filling your days with like just stuff and never really getting to know what it is you truly want. Why you were put here. I mean, I believe everybody has a purpose Mm. and maybe your purpose is just to heal yourself from generational trauma. Maybe your purpose is to start a nonprofit. Maybe, I mean, maybe your purpose is to spread body positivity, you know, like maybe it's, we all have a different purpose and some of them are big, huge purpose. And some of them are, may not feel as big, huge, but they are absolutely absolutely why we've been put here and so I think also like a big huge piece of my finding my voice and getting familiar with it has been about exploration and so over the past 10 years I've done a lot of things and I have had to like grow thick skin because I know from the and I've talked to a couple of people about this from the outside it probably looks like I'm just like manically like going from one thing to the other and I don't finish anything and whatever, but this is all a part of my process to see what lights me up, what sets my heart on fire. Yeah. Right. And I, I had a therapist tell me that one time because I had this narrative. It's part of my personality too. Like i I like to go where the action is. I like to have fun, you know, like I want to feel alive and that can be good and bad. And I, but I've had this narrative that came from like my origin story that I don't finish things. Like I start them, but I don't finish them and you know, blah, 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 all of this. And she said, what if we reframe it and say it like, maybe you're just like brave enough to keep trying new things.
0: Absolutely. I can so relate to that, Jess, because I have from my 20s up until my 40s, I was exactly that person and, and yeah. family. And, you know, even now they might still try and say it, but I just don't listen to it. But it will be yeah. you've never finished anything. What are you going to try that for? Because it's not going to work. And so then you start believing it. And actually, mm-hmm. it's not that at all. It's just because I had a thirst for knowledge and I wanted to experience things. And how do you know what you're going to find joy in if you don't try lots of different things? And it was all led to where I am now it's so yes. it's about reframing. can you imagine
1: if you hadn't like said yes to whatever yeah. that I mean you could have shut it all down yeah think about this whole part of yourself that you wouldn't have gotten to explore and the platform that you have built and what you're you're doing for women all over the world yeah. like I mean I think part of that exploration and maybe some naysayers would say well you're just letting yourself off the hook I don't really care like it's not just for me it's so that I can be of service. Hmm. so that I can find whatever it is that is my best and highest use so that I can say what needs to be said to the person that needs to hear them. You know, that's my prayer every morning when I sit in meditation is, you know, universe, angels, spirit, like bring the people to me that need to hear what it is. Give me the words, bring the people to me and then put me in the paths Hmm. of people you know, that I need to hear. And so the more I explore like for years, I studied herbalism really um, deeply. I mean, I was driving like three hours to another town to go to school. And I did this for like two and a half years and, and I don't practice it really much anymore, but I'm finding some of the, some of the principles are coming back in my spiritual practice, which is really nice and comforting and, and super fun to explore that in my current professional practices. And I'm sure people think that like I'm a flake because <laughs> I spend all that time and that money, but it all kind of back full circle. It's just all yeah, a part it of, does. it's just a thread and you yeah. put those threads together and then you weave together this beautiful picture of you.
0: So what's the beautiful picture of you in the future then? What's your kind of goals now? Because you have got, you're writing your books. So when will that be out? Mm-hmm.
1: Oh Well, <laughs> it's my 2022 goal. So, I mean, I, I am calling it forth, (laughs) (laughs) but you know how it is. It's, it's, it's hard and Mm -hmm. it takes commitment and time. And I'm probably about halfway through it. So we'll see how that yeah. goes. The next couple of months should be interesting. My podcast, we should talk about that, that I co-host with Jessica Kidwell. And um, We just want to keep growing. We want to keep growing in our audience and the topics that we talk about. And um, We largely talk about uncomfortable things that no one is talking about, but should. And hopefully we can start having live ev- events again, because one of our common goals and something that's really important to me is community building. And, you know, gathering together and building off of each other's experiences and energy um, is like, there's no replacement for that.
0: No, there isn't. That's what we've really missed this last couple of years, isn't it? I'm uh, the same.
1: Just that connection with
0: people, just having that physical connection.
1: Yes, yes. So we have some things in the works for the spring. Hopefully (laughs) we can start doing that again. And really, like, I am looking to host retreat and workshop for women who... are ready to tell their stories and really get, but they need help finding their voice. And so I really want to work on empowering and supporting women as they explore and they get quiet and, and, and to support them. And it's often a very unfamiliar and somewhat scary. It can Mm -hmm. be a scary process Mm -hmm. to find your voice, figure out what you want to say and then how you want to say it. So yeah, I think, You know, that's 2022. I'm, I've, I feel like I closed a book, not just a chapter, in this last Mm. decade. It definitely feels like a book, and I've, I read the last page yesterday. I shut it, and I, I breathed a sigh of Mm. gratitude and relief. Yeah, because that, that was surviving survival. Mm. That was, and now I don't know what we're gonna call this, this next book, but the sequel feels. The energy around it feels really good. And I feel more alive than I have in a very long time. And I am holding that, holding on to that feeling. Because I have some, yeah, some big goals to manifest. Yeah. I, I I, think there's a couple more books in me and, and and maybe another podcast and some courses and, you know, all the things. Yeah. Like the sky's the limit. I'm open. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, brilliant. Well, I, yeah. Can't, I can't wait to see your progress and when your
0: next book comes out as well. <laughs> so the last you. four questions that I ask all my guests, do you have a book that you kind of go to that really inspires you?
1: Oh my goodness. I love books so much. I would say most... Recently, a book that has really inspired me is called You Already Know by Helen Jacobs. And she is actually, she's a a medium. She's she's an Australian uh, psychic. Um, But she writes a lot about intuition and, and how we already know. What we know, hmm. and it's just uh, her her work is transformational. And um, even if you're like not into that kind of thing, there's a lot um, that she writes about around purpose and um, just listening to the call of your own voice that I've found really powerful.
0: Yeah, well, that I love to look at that because I, am yeah. the 7th year where I just love books. I just like all Yeah, soak I like to up. listen
1: to them. Yeah, and of course, maybe it wouldn't be the same for you because you have this lovely British accent, but she's got this gorgeous Australian accent. So I like listen to it when I'm like walking, and I feel like, oh my gosh, this just it feels very magical. Yeah. So brilliant. And what
0: about a piece of music or a song that always motivates you?
1: Oh, okay, so I again it's like phases right and um, but if you list are a spotify subscriber i love there's a manifestation playlist and it's just like amazing badass women i mean it goes anywhere from like hardcore rap to like folksy indie pop and everything in between and like it is awesome so just oh. go to spotify put in Manifestation, and the first song on the playlist is by, um, she is, it's called Pretty Girl Magic, and it's Scorpio, Moonlight Scorpio is the first one, Don't Let It Scare You Off. Um, It's I think her song actually has been big on like Reels and TikTok Mm -hmm. and everything, Um, and you'll notice, you'll probably recognize a lot of the songs from like social media and stuff, but man, it's like- india irie kind of like on steroids
0: right believe i shall share that thank you so much (laughs) and what about somebody else that
1: inspires you people people are amazing i would say right now a lot of my clients inspire me i am working with these women um one has survived academic mobbing um another left an orthodox jewish community and family to save herself Another one has an amputation from her, half of her pelvis and her right leg have been amputated. Like I, like the stories of these women and what they have survived and their outlooks on life. Like I will listen to the sessions that we've done and and to taking notes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, if, if Beatrice can do it, then I can do it, you know? And so I, I would say right now, I just feel very inspired by the people in my sphere. I feel very lucky. Yeah. And I'm very inspired by you too. I do have to say not, no, I just love watching you on Instagram. Like you're just so gorgeous and so open and so just like inspirational.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. That means a lot. And I think it's like you, I think it's just the fact that I finally found my voice. And I think yes. it's just about being true to that. And that's, that's actually really lovely. It's a lovely feeling to once you get there, yeah. isn't it?
1: It's so good. Yeah. It's so worth it all the work.
0: Yeah, it is. And my last question is I'm really trying to encourage women to be more complimentary about themselves. How would you pay yourself a compliment?
1: Oh, um, what would I say? I would say, just you you are really interesting. You certainly are. Yes. <laughs> it's just
0: uh, been an absolute delight to talk to you and I'm so grateful that you, you are here to be able to talk to us Thank after you. everything you've been through. Mm. How can people find out how they can work with you, your podcast?
1: How can mm. people come and find you? Um, So I hang out on Instagram a lot. I have so much fun there. And I'm at Jessica C. Buchanan, just my name. And my podcast is at WeStatPod. And my group coaching is Project You Collective. And then if you wanted to work with me one-on-one, you could just DM me on Instagram or you could check out my website. And that's uh, justbuchanan.com.
0: Brilliant. Well, I'll put all those links in the notes at the end Thank as well. Thank an absolute pleasure. And, you know, Thank I'm looking sure. forward to getting the, seeing the book when it comes out, uh, hopefully by the end me of the year. And me just too. Have a happy and healthy 2022, Jess.
1: Thanks so much,
0: Rachel. Pleasure. Take care. Bye. Bye. Well, what a powerful episode. And I'm so grateful for Jess being so honest and sharing her story so much to think about in that episode lots of food for thought I'm sure but one thing that really struck me that was a reminder of to really follow your gut instinct and to listen to yourself because at the end of the day you know we are usually right and and I'm sure Jess you know Jess's story and the way that she shared that will remind us all of that is so powerful and I love the fact that she's going on now to help so many other women use their voice for good too so fabulous to talk to I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did and I will be back next week with some more inspiration But in the meantime, keep being fabulous. Thank you for listening to the Outer Bubble Podcast. I hope it's left you feeling inspired. If it has, why not come and join our fabulous group of women in the free Step Out of the Bubble Facebook group, where you can get to connect with other women all at different stages of their midlife journey, supporting and inspiring one another. You can also come and say hello on Instagram at rachelperu one I'd love to know how you intend or how you are already stepping out of your bubble in 2022. And don't forget, if you're loving the podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate and with you. Your support is much appreciated. Until next time, keep being fabulous.